0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Muslim Matters Podcast, where we discuss everything under the sun that affects Muslims, such as faith, local and global politics, social media, sex education, civil rights, and family matters. All coming from a traditional Orthodox perspective. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our handle, Muslim Matters. And check out our site daily at MuslimMatters.org.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome to the Muslim Matters Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Zainab Bint And
0: I'm Irtiza Hassan.
1: So this episode is going to be a little shorter and a little sweeter. It's a quick Eid Mubarak message from us and just some reflections for us to carry with us going into Eid al fitr in the next few days.
0: So brothers and sisters, another Ramadan has come and gone. Alhamdulillah. We are reflecting today on what the theme of our Ramadan and your Ramadan has been. How can we carry the spirit of this Ramadan forward? What lessons have we learned and what do we hold closely?
1: Man, Ramadan for me this year, uh, totally different from my last few years, mostly in the sense of I just felt busier than usual. And I think this is maybe a sentiment that I noticed a lot of other people, just my friends and, you know, circles on social media sharing as well. Um, just a lot of busyness, a lot of overwhelm, especially for other students uh, with, you know, their final semesters. Um assignments, exams, all of that, juggling that, of course, with your tarawih, and if we've got families, it it has been really overwhelming, at least for me. Um, I was in the middle of a move as well. So just, you know, a lot of feeling discombobulated. But there's always that beauty of Ramadan does show up, even with the challenges, even with the difficulties. I would say that for myself, it was getting an idea of how dependent some of us become on our particular routines and certain things being a certain way to feel like Ramadan counts or to feel like you have you need to have certain things in place in order to achieve a Ramadan goal. And so the learning curve for me was without all these things that I usually rely on, how was I still going to stay in the spirit of Ramadan?
0: Oh, yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. And I, I, I especially the comment you make about it being so busy and so much going on. I, I would say one thing here, and I, I think and this is not meant to be a plug, but just kind of self-promoting the Muslim Matters podcast, I had used some of our um, preparation uh, shows to kind of prepare this year. And I think one thing that helped me uh, for this Ramadan, uh, I made a plan to stay a little bit focused. I I worked with my wife, and actually we sat down with the family the kids as well, Mm -hmm. and we tried to make a couple of goals, not too much, but one was what we wanted to get out of Ramadan from the spiritual angle and the Ibadah angle, maybe some focus areas, and then the, uh, we also have a new baby at home that's only a year old. So we were like, okay, you know, maybe we, we'll go to Tarawi when we can, but but maybe we couldn't go every night. So what what are some other things we do? What can we do at home? Uh, what are some other things, you know, how much Quran could we read or, or what times could we set aside for that? And then another thing that I think really, really helped us, uh, especially me, is my wife this year brought the idea of having a, a social calendar with some limitations. And when I say social calendar, I'm not just talking about like, some fun parties or something like that, but even your community events, right? Like in Ramadan, you can have uh, 15, 20 fundraisers in your community. You can have a lot of different things. And so we said, okay, those things are great. Uh, sometimes maybe we could support something online, but we don't have to go to something every night because if, if when you do, it can get in the way of other things. It can get in the way of your uh, maghrib or isha in the masjid it can get in the way of your Tarawih. It can definitely get in the way of your fajr the next morning so we, that helped me a lot i did not have that discipline in previous ramadans but it, it definitely helped me to consider that this year
1: that sounds like a great plan for next year as well so that's a great tip for me as well um just prioritizing that that's really what it boils down to prioritizing how you're spending your very limited ramadan free time so that being said. Um, Just a few days till Eid, subhanAllah, it's it's hard to believe uh, in a lot of ways. You know, we're still uh, in the whole last 10 nights frenzy, which is really great. But of course, a lot of people are preparing for Eid itself. And I know it's like for those with kids, there tends to be more emphasis on planning your Eid. Uh, which is great of course like you know we want our kids to have really happy memories of Eid itself but I think there's some things to to talk about when it comes to how we celebrate Eid and considering the global situation of Muslims which is obviously very heartbreaking and it's something that we have had to struggle with for the last few years I think and it really came up during COVID times um but yeah what what are your thoughts on this
0: it's you know, definitely just so excited about, you know, Eid coming up. But one thing I would say is Eid also, and I and I think this is amazing, and it shows just the love that the Ummah has for each other. And sometimes, you know, we, we focus so much on problems that Muslims may have amongst each other, whether at an individual level or community level, or even, say, Muslim countries hostile to each other. But you see, even from the average Muslim brother or sister, I'll tell you in Ramadan, it seems like this has happened for several Ramadans now, where you'll have, for example, some uh, clashes or you'll have some aggression from the um, Israeli government towards our, our brothers and sisters in, in Philistine. And I will tell you, sister, how many people I have, it, it literally makes them miserable, makes them sad. People who have never been to Philistine, they probably don't even know anybody who actually lives there. Uh, but it just becomes so sad. You you know that over the last uh, 48 hours, we're seeing, um, you know, some things happening in Sudan right now. I was uh, seeing a post by Amr al-Shukri, uh, Ustad Amar the other day on that. And again, people just get so uh, overwhelmed. And, and they, uh, if nothing else, they start making dua. Or if there is uh, some relief organization, they'll uh, try to help. But I, 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 the, these sort of things give me such hope about the the global love and the the whole power of Ummah that is there. Uh, But then at a more uh, micro level, an individual level, I do think Eid is just meant to be such a joyous, beautiful day. We know that from the Sunnah of the Prophet And I I tell my friends, whatever they're going through, you know, alhamdulillah, mostly uh, we see a lot of Muslims that are around us and we usually only see the positive because usually people publicize the positive. uh, Especially I, I know for Muslim men, but we know everybody's going through something. And, and you know, whether it's something at work, whether it could be something in your personal relationship, whether it could be something with your kids, th- that Eid day, to the best you can, you just want to make it a sweet day of celebration, maybe a day of reconciliation. If you weren't able to do that in Ramadan, maybe you have that person you haven't reached out to in a while, or you have bad relationship with for some time, you know, dropping a little Eid message, uh, you know, extending that olive branch. It can always just be such a beautiful day for so many things. So, Um, I think it's really important that we celebrate it uh, to the best we can.
1: I want to really emphasize the point about like the celebration is it's an act of worship. And a lot of people forget this part. Right. That the celebrating of Eid isn't it's not just for kids. The whole day of Eid, not just the Eid Salah, it is all part and parcel of it. It is an act of worship. And. You know, you start off with fulfilling the sunnahs of Eid. You know, you do your Eid Ghusl. You take out your, your new or your best clothes. When you go out for al Eid, you know, men are supposed to perfume themselves. And uh, women amongst mahrams as well uh, doing the takbirat to and from the al Eid. Uh, and for Salat al-Eid, I really want to emphasize, because this is still a thing that happens in a lot of, you know, more culturally influenced families where women are not taken to Salat al-Eid and they think, oh, we're not allowed to go. Or unfortunately, communities that will not make space for women to go for Salat al-Eid. But in fact, we have a narration from Umm Atiyah radiallahu anha, one of the female companions of Rasulullah She said, we were commanded by Rasulullah to bring out the woman Uh, for salat al-eid including the teenage girls who are usually kept away and the menstruating woman and the only condition was that menstruating women are not to sit in the place of actual prayer and of course this was usually related to um, hygiene issues or whatever but everybody was supposed to come out for salat al-eid everybody is meant to come out and take part in uh, this beautiful moment uh this coming together of community because that's what it's about right like we have that sense of the ummah as one body i think it's really really epitomized in Ramadan during Salat al-Taraweeh and now in Salat al-Eid especially because everybody's supposed to come men women and children nobody should be left behind you know and the, there's still the rest of the day to go the day of Eid isn't just Salat al-Eid
0: you know I, I agree completely and in fact i'll tell you um just about 10 days or so before Ramadan, uh, I have a couple friends and it, Subhanallah, it was two different brothers it happened to. They lost their mother uh, right before Ramadan was starting. And, um, uh, you know, you can probably never an easy time to lose a parent, especially your mother. And um, uh, but for both of them, I know talking to them, privately sharing messages, they, you know, Ramadan could not have come at a better time. And even for those brothers, uh Because, you know, I've been talking to them. I know they're going to try to whatever level they can celebrate Eid only because they know it is an act of ibadah. They know that it's something, firstly, how their mothers raised them, they would have wanted that as well. But, you know, also because they know that this is a a communal obligation and individual obligation. You have to go to the Eid prayer. You have to, you know, uh, you're going to see your friends and, and other relatives from the community. Yes, it's very sad and tragic that you're, uh, beloved mothers passed away. And again, this was for two different brothers, but I was talking to them and say, you guys are going to come to Eid, right? You're going to be there, right? And they were like, you know, yeah, it's going to be very difficult because first Eid without our mom, but, um, you know, definitely going to plan on being there. So I, I really think you're, you're raising a good reminder that the emphasis was that everybody, everybody, whatever they're going through, whatever condition, even, you know, like you said, the menstruating woman, uh, fine, don't come to the prayer area, but you're still part of the Eid gathering and the Eid festivities.
1: And about those Eid festivities, like, again, it's not just for the kids. Uh, And I really want people to think about how they can make Eid special, not just for the kids, but for themselves. So whether you're, you know, uh, part of a born Muslim family, if you're a convert, you're part of a a mixed family, whether it's inter- a racial uh, marriage, or, um, you know, you're, you're a convert who's married to somebody from a born Muslim family, or you're, you know, two converts who are married, even if you're single, and you don't have kids, you know, make create special for yourself, create those traditions, establish those traditions for yourselves. Um, and it might be something that you grew up with it might be something new that you adapt to. Like for myself, alhamdulillah, my family's got a very strong tradition of Eid where we spend the entire day together with family. Of course, we have like our special meals like first thing in the morning after Salatul Eid and we give gifts um, and we literally just spend the whole day together and, and do all kinds of fun stuff. Now, when my brothers and I were growing up, we didn't do Eid decorations. But because decorating is such a kind of staple part of western celebrations Uh, and now that we have my cousins have younger kids I kind of wanted to give them that special feeling so I've kind of become the auntie who does their decorations right streamers balloons kind of low-key but a little something for them to remember Um, and even things like we had a bouncy castle for a couple of years for my daughter and uh, for my cousin's kids it's It's something fun for them to do. It's something that's like really outstanding. They're going to remember it forever. And the best part about the bouncy castle was that it wasn't just the kids using it. The adults went and used it too. (laughs) Because why not, you know? Um, And just be creative. Sometimes, like I said, if you're uh, not, uh, you don't have a family, you don't have kids, meet up with friends, go out and like eat at a restaurant or uh, have a picnic. Come up with something special and creative that you're really going to remember and you're going to feel in your heart like, wow, this was a really special day.
0: You know, sister, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think some great ideas. And also, uh, I was uh, laughing with a friend the other day that ETH has definitely uh, caught the attention of the uh, the capitalists right now. Uh, even on Amazon, you can go and buy all these ETH decorations. And, and you, you know, especially in a city like Houston, Toronto, Vancouver, I'm sure – you see uh, so many Muslims and you'll see them in their front yards, uh, Eid, Eid signs and Eid, uh, different type of Eid um, uh, celebrations. But one thing I'll, I'll tell you, I, I agree with you fully. Some of the funnest Eids I I remember of Eid events, uh, yes, going to restaurants is always fun. But sometimes, especially if uh, the time of year, the weather is decent, you just get your friends and family or get the people from your masjid or, or you know, whether you know people well or not, new Muslims, everybody and go to a park and, and tell everybody, hey, you know, whatever dish or whatever meal that, that you enjoy or, you know, you want to come bring and share. And um, people bring, uh, you know, the, the adults will come. The kids will come. People bring grandparents. And uh, I've seen events like that really fun because it's, you know, everyone feels like like they got to do something. And one thing I'll tell you about tradition, uh, just one interesting story. I have a brother. He's he's probably my age. in his mid-40s now. And him, brother does really well uh, professionally. Him and his wife both do. Uh, he's an executive uh, at a company here in Houston. And he, his kids are a little older. So in college now, uh, he, he had them young. Every year on Eid, whatever else he does, whether they go to dinner parties or whether they go to events or carnivals, um, he'll always, after Eid, they'll drive through a McDonald's or they'll go to a McDonald's and they'll get like ice cream sundaes. Just, you know, dollar dollar fifty for each member of the family. So I asked him, I kind of half teased him. I go, what's the deal with that? You know, of all the places on earth you could go, why would you go to McDonald's? Like, I oh, was kind of saying this is so silly. And he told me a story. He said, man, you know, Alhamdulillah, I'm I, I'm doing really well in my career today. It's all from Allah subhanahu wa taala." But he goes, you know, we, we had our kids really young. I was just a year out of college, did not have a good job back then. And he goes, our tradition between me and his wife is a new Muslim. He, of course, was born and raised. He said, we used to take our, at that time, little children, and McDonald's was such a fun thing. Like, okay, we're leaving Eve in our fancy clothes, and then we're going to go to a McDonald's. Everyone can get a Sunday or an apple pie or something, just something sweet. And then we, after that, we go to grandma's or we go wherever. But that was their thing. So even now, when uh Solo's <laughs> financial situation has quite changed, it is something memorable for them. I think for 20 years, they've been doing this. So just, just kind of interesting, like you were making the comment about, you know, establish your own things, do your own things that, you know, kind of are fun for your family. His family does McDonald's. and I, I actually think it's kind of great.
1: That's really sweet. I think it yeah. ties into how it's not exactly necessarily like what you do, but it's the meaning that's invested behind it, right? It's the joy, it's the love, it's the memories. And it ties into adapting to your situation as well. Like for some people you might have grown up with a really strong community that has like amazing events for aid. You might have had a family that has lots of strong traditions, but people have to move. They have to change. So maybe you're a student in a, a campus that's far away from your family. Maybe you've moved to another country uh, with your spouse uh, or by yourself. You know, it's all about adapting to, to that situation. And tying into the the whole adapting thing, I want to acknowledge for converts that AIDS can be a challenge. Eats can be a struggle. Uh, and you actually had shared with me just a little while ago um, about this uh, this unique element of Eid for Converts, if you'd like to share.
0: Yeah, you know, um, where I live in southwest Houston, Texas, we have many, many masajid. And they're all great, all beautiful. Uh, Alhamdulillah, my family, we have opportunity to to rotate and visit, whether it's the Friday prayer or, or just going out in the evenings or events. We, we try to visit as many as we can. But our, our neighborhood masjid, which is kind of right down the street uh, and has a special place in our heart, is the Islam and Spanish community. Now, I have a lot of friends in, in this community and also, you know, converts I know from some of the other masajid as well. And they tell me, you know, Ramadan is a sweet, sweet time for everybody, for new Muslims, for born Muslims. Every, 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 everybody approaches it, you know, and, and inshallah experiences that sweetness. But it is also a difficult time. And sometimes I think those of us who were born to Muslim families, we cannot uh, fully appreciate that. I was telling, you know, and for our listeners, I was telling Sister Anna before the show, I my family, which, you know, it's originally from Kashmir, Indian Pakistan region, we, um, you know, we can go back seven, eight generations. And, you know, we know that our family is Muslim. And before that, uh, you know, we, we we just don't know because sometimes if you have a family tree or family records, maybe maybe you don't have anything that goes uh, beyond that. But but we have that comfort of knowing our grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents were Muslim. But for some of my new Muslim friends, they'll tell me, they're like, the day can be isolating and sad. And, you know, sometimes I think some of us to, to cheer up our new Muslim friends or our convert friends will say, oh, just come to the masjid. You know, there's a picnic. There'll be a lot of people here. Yes, there will be a lot of people there. But on Eid Day, uh, it some of them do remember that hey you know my parents are still not Muslim my grandmother is still not Muslim my uncles and aunts who I love are still not Muslim and it's not just on on necessarily on Eid day or those events but it can be other days it could be their their birthday party it could be their um it could be some of their old holidays from their previous religion like I know for one brother he tells me man. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are really difficult, even though, alhamdulillah, he's so thankful for Islam. He's thankful Allah SWT guided him, opened his heart. But he's like, you know, because those days for him were symbolic of the whole family getting together, having good times, sharing love, sharing experiences. And now he knows or she knows that most of their family is not yet Muslim. So I just want everyone to be mindful of that. Uh, and, and especially, and it doesn't mean all of our convert friends are going through the exact same feelings, but for many converts, the holidays can be a very difficult, isolating day. And some of them might be shy or embarrassed to tell you that, or they might not open up to tell you that, but, uh, you'd be surprised. Or if you go read some comments by converts online or go read what uh, many converts really think and feel, you'll definitely find some of these sentiments out there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sister Megan Wyatt, uh, she is a convert sister uh, who, mashallah, has a great platform uh, for her um, for her programs uh, she shared a post I think it was in Ramadan uh, early in Ramadan where she spoke about you know rather than feeling that converts need to give up traditions that were special to them uh, growing up especially things like you mentioned like Christmas Thanksgiving whatever it might be you know there's certain elements that have a, a really strong place in their hearts you know specific foods for a certain time like certain times of decorations uh, maybe just like certain things that their family used to do together. And she made that really great point that when you accept Islam, it doesn't mean that you abandon your entire family history. It doesn't mean you abandon your entire culture. And you don't have to adopt a quote-unquote you know, Muslim ethnic culture to be properly Muslim, to celebrate Eid, to celebrate Ramadan. And so her suggestion was uh, incorporating some of those traditions into their Muslim lives. So cooking specific foods for Ramadan or Eid, using uh, certain types of uh, decorations or just decorating it all for Eid. Uh, Again, those little family things that you might have done uh, when you were not a Muslim with your non-Muslim family. You know, bring your family together for those whose families, uh, you know, aren't antagonistic towards them or, you know, they're on good terms with them. You know, make it a time to bring the whole family together, even if they're not Muslim, make them a part of Eid as well. And I thought that was really, really beautiful advice. Because it's proactive, it taps into, you know, their own histories, their own experiences. And it provides a really beautiful opportunity to uh, to hold on to those special things um, that they have a lot of love for when they were growing up, and even making it an opportunity for Dawah with families, right? So I think that's i sister Megan. I thought that was really, really great. And I just wanted to share that with our listeners, because that might be something that they can resonate with and that they can incorporate as well.
0: Yeah, no, I think those are those are wonderful ideas and definitely something practical and something people could probably easily do.
1: And so just towards wrapping up, um, continuing the Ramadan high, that's that's always a challenge for so many of us, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And I think uh, one of the great things, and I think uh, one neat thing, this is here now benefit of social media, whether you're, you know, super involved in your masjid or or community, or whether, like you said, you're living in a small town or college campus somewhere, there's just so many reminders and and good deeds shared. I know one thing, we know this a couple days after Eid, uh, if if not even sooner, the messages are going to start to come out, hey, you know, continue that Ramadan high and and all the, the good momentum you had with the, the six fasts of shawal. So uh, that's going to be an opportunity to come up uh, right after that. We know that Abu Ayyub Radhilan, who said that the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa said, whoever fasts the month of Ramadan and then follows it with the six days of fasting in the month of shawal, it will be as if they fasted for the entire year. And that, of course, is in uh, Sahih Muslim.
1: I think a really good uh, way to... Put this into practice because a lot of people will feel discouraged by themselves, right? But I have noticed a really fun thing—at least again, my Muslim social uh, social media circles—having a Shawwal fast buddy. So you know, you and a friend be like, "Hey, you know what? We want to do these six fasts of Shawwal." Let's let's take out these days for that, and you know, and maybe doing it thought together, uh, kind of recreating the little magic of of Ramadan, you know, uh, insha'Allah. And I thought that was that's a really fun, really cool idea. Makes it feel a little easier than struggling to get those six fasts done by yourself. So I just oh, want to he, with everybody else too.
0: You know, I I really love that, and I, I I know another brother. He he tries to get even more creative. The the Ramadan buddy idea is awesome. I th- I think I I would definitely benefit from that. But another brother I know, he's like, well, I'm going to try to do the six fasts of Shawwal, but then also try to do them on Monday and Thursday and like double up my udger. So yeah. I'm like, man, you know, people people are so creative with the, you know, the the different ways they try to approach uh, all these acts that we buy that it's, it's awesome. It's maximizing really nice to the reward for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Another point for all of us to think about is just considering uh, one or two deeds that you adopt in Ramadan and continuing it throughout the year. Uh, so, you know, uh, we've both seen it floating around on social media, some really great posts that come out, you know, about how Ramadan is a glimpse into what you're capable of doing throughout the year. It's not completely exceptional. Like, obviously, there is there is that extra special barakah of Ramadan. Uh, there's the added benefit of uh, many of the shayatin being locked up. But in so many ways, it boils down to how disciplined are we and how are we continuing this self discipline so we've managed it for 30 days you know 29 to 30 days and that's not that's not a small feat and being able to continue at least one or two things is a lot easier than a lot of us think
0: oh yeah i i i think this post i i know exactly the post you're talking about floating around about ramadan showing us what what is possible and what we're capable of is you know, and I, I, I sometimes will talk to a brother who, um, you know, from the, the religious sense or from the sharia, they, they may be, uh, you know, partaking in certain actions throughout the year that we, we may see are major sins or, or uh, definitely certain obligations that they should be doing. Maybe they're not. But in Ramadan, they, just the, the sweetness and the commitment, they're, they're kind of all in. And they these same brothers will, you know, they'll be coming out for tarawih. They'll be coming out uh, for fajr when they can or different prayers to the masjid. And and I'm actually seeing this as a, as a good thing it just i think shows the power the beauty and the the transformational opportunities of ramadan now at the same time because you, you wish well for your brothers you wish well you know for for your family for yourself you you do, you do hope that some of these can can sustain and carry on throughout the year maybe maybe if not to the same level that you're doing things in ramadan at least taking a couple of deeds couple couple of practices that you picked up and seeing if you can continue with those to the, to the best you can, inshallah. So I, I definitely think this is, a, this is a very important reminder.
1: And on that same note, too, considering a sin that you've abandoned, that you've avoided in Ramadan, it doesn't even have to be a sin in and of itself. It could be something that's, you know, maybe makruh, something a little disliked or something that even if it's permissible, you know, you can think to yourself and be like, you know, I left this in Ramadan and look at how much more barakah I got during that time. Uh, let me continue this for the rest of the year and see how it goes. I think that's something really important to think about because we like to think uh, in terms of like, oh, what can I add to my life, right? As opposed to what is something that's not completely necessary, that's not as beneficial to my Akhira that I can remove from my life and that in and of itself will add benefit. So that's another just little tidbit that uh, we can all consider for ourselves.
0: Oh yeah, in fact, uh, on this I'd, I'd like to share... Um, you know, one of the brothers, actually, one of the guests we recently had, uh, Bilal Khan, his brother, Ustad Nihal Khan, who is, um, I believe, currently living and studying in uh, Turkey, he, he actually had a post about this. And he said, you know, if you resisted the urge to commit sins this month, even if your good deeds were less, consider your Ramadan successful. Imam Ghazali considered stopping yourself from doing wrong more praiseworthy than just doing any good. Empty yourself of impurities before filling yourself with good. So I think, um, you know, Khair to uh, Sheikh uh, Nahal, that was a good reminder as well. And I think goes along with what, what you were just saying, sister.
1: And with that, I think we're pretty much ready to wrap up. I just want to wish all our listeners, you know, a really blessed uh, day of Eid as it comes up. I Hope that everything we've mentioned in passing is really beneficial. And I want to throw in there, too, that, again, that reminder that celebrating Eid is an act of worship in and of itself. Um, and tying back to what we initially mentioned, you know, maybe the guilt that we feel, the sorrow that we feel, at the state of the rest of the ummah, celebrating as an act of worship and also an act of resistance because what is one of shaytan's tactics against believers to make us depressed and miserable right really pushing us into that sense of hopelessness and that by itself is almost a turning away from Allah so we want to do the opposite we want to emphasize that the day of Eid is a day of worship it is a day of resistance against shaytan it's a day of resistance against all those who are trying to really bring our ummah down and we're going to do the opposite we're going to uplift one another we're going to find a joy in difficulties we are going to make a point of following the sunnah of wasallam.
0: absolutely so well said and wish Eid mubarak to all of our listeners please remember the muslim matters team the podcast team the the team that manages the website the articles the contributors the board uh, everybody from muslim matters if you and and your own families obviously if you've ever benefited from the muslim matters team or any of the articles or podcasts please remember us in your dua and. Um, and Eid Mubarak from all
1: of us Wish you all a great day Great holiday and, and celebration wa barakatuh
0: Hey everyone Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast And follow us online on Twitter Facebook and Instagram On our handle Muslim Matters And check out our site daily at muslimmatters.org Thanks for listening And we'll see you in the next one inshallah Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu